Welcome to the Talking Disney Podcast. Jason and Cody. I'm Jason. And I'm Cody. And welcome to the fifth episode of the Talking Disney Podcast. How's it going, Cody? It's going good, Jason. Um, it's been a couple of weeks since we've recorded. In some ways, it feels, I, I feel like it's been the two weeks. And in another way, I feel like it hasn't been that long since right. our last recording. Yeah, it was, it was a, it was a nice break, I guess, but I, I was, you know, last Saturday night I was thinking, oh man, we should be recording, but we weren't, we were hanging out in Vegas. Yeah. Uh, well, especially since we were actually with each other in the same room that's, last Saturday. Yeah. Night. We, we probably could have been a great time to record, but we had other things going on. So, uh, I know we were, we were there visiting family and getting to go to a, a restaurant that my wife likes for the, probably the last time, uh, because one of them did close down, and you were there getting ready to go to Disneyland. I was, yes. I made I made the pit stop in Vegas to to see family and to go to the restaurant as well. Um, that family, that family, that restaurant um, has kind of been a part of our family's history for a long time. And yeah, like you said, it it was getting ready to close, so we all went and kind of did one last hurrah there. Um, so I. I made the time to do that on my way down to Disneyland. Yeah, I know my wife's been going there since she was a kid because she she grew up there. I started going there when we met. So what's that? Twenty five years ago, twenty four years ago, and uh, uh, kind of sad that they're closing down, but uh, it was it was good. We had fun. Uh, we drove eight. Yeah, it was a good time. Drove eight hundred something miles just to go eat dinner, but that's okay. <laughs> So did you want to share anything about your trip to Disneyland? Yeah, I did. Um, it was, it was a lot of fun. It was, it's always tiring. Um, but you, you know, you deal with that. You're, you're there for, for the experience and the fun. And it, it was a lot of fun. We were there for, for four days. Um, and we, we didn't get park hoppers. We just alternated parks, um, each day that we were there. So our first day we were in, California Adventure, and then we did Disneyland, and then we repeated that um, for the next two days. Um, the first first day we were in California Adventure, and so that was my first time being able to ride uh, the Incredicoaster. Mm. And so I was I was looking forward to that because I haven't had the chance to to go on it since they reopened it. Um, from California Screaming um, into the Incredicoaster last June, I believe it was, they finally finished that. Yeah, I think it was sometime last summer. Yeah, and so this is the first time I've been able to go on it since then. And I, and so it's, 
it's completely the same ride system um for those that for for those that don't know it's the exact same roller coaster they didn't change they didn't tear it down and, and build another roller coaster it's the exact same roller coaster they just added elements to the roller coaster to theme it around the incredibles um and so i liked it because i liked the roller coaster anyways to begin with and and the roller coaster itself wasn't any different it was just the thematics around it um and i thought the thematics were they were okay um uh some things i liked some things i i didn't really care for um it seemed and i don't know if it's possible to make the roller coaster faster after you know because all that's got to be considered like the the weights and the counterweights and the the slopes of you know the angles of the slopes and all that all that's kind of predetermined when you're building it so i don't know if you can kind of take an existing roller coaster and make it faster um but it seemed faster to me and maybe that's just because i haven't ridden it in quite a while maybe yeah um, i i know i went when i went faster. on it when i went on it i didn't I didn't, it was nothing noticeable to me that it seemed faster. Yeah, it just, to me, it just overall seemed to be a little bit faster. And then when you're going up, um, like the big hill, you know, like the, the main hill, not, not the first one that they shoot you up in the beginning, but you know, the main one that you go to get all of your speed for, for the loop, it seemed to me like it didn't catch as much. Um, you know, you didn't, you didn't quite feel the coaster kind of catch on the track and then the, you know, the, have it kind of push you the rest of the way over the hill. Cause you don't have enough momentum to go all the way up the hill and then down. Um, at least not before this time around the few times that I wrote it, it seemed to get further up the hill before needing the assistance. Okay. Um, and I don't. I don't know if that was really the case or, or what, but it was just something that I noticed. But, I mean, overall, I thought it was, you know, it was good. It was entertaining. Um, um, yeah, something something new to see. Ride. Yeah, it, it, was, it was new to see. Um, it fits in with what their overall goal is for the pier now, with them have, turning it into Pixar Pier. So, um it's just it's one of those things it is what it is it's it's still a ride it's still a roller coaster so i'm i'm fine with it um i'll still ride it the next time i go um along with the incredible coaster they have the the jack jack cookie num num stand at the exit <laughs> yeah um, and so i tried one of the cookies that they're selling there like the warm i don't know if i'd go as far as like freshly baked but they're the, the warm in like the little almost like metal ish like tin foil cupcake tin things um and you know a big it's a it's a big chocolate chip cookie and it's kind of ooey and gooey and i think we talked about this a little bit ago uh, a few episodes ago where you had talked about it and thought that it was really sweet you couldn't finish it right right um i ate all mine <laughs> but um i really enjoyed it um, I could see though, um, how some people would think that it's, it's really sweet. Um, the person that I was in the parks with, um, had, had a bite of mine and, and made the comment saying that he, 
didn't think that he'd be able to eat a whole one um, just because of how sweet it was. Um, I didn't find it, you know, it was certainly sweet, but I didn't find it to a point where I was like, you know, this is just too sweet for me to finish. Um, so I enjoyed it. I only had one. I wanted to get around to getting a second one, but I never did. Um, also right now in, in DCA is the food and wine festival. And I tried let me tell you, I tried this mac and cheese from one of the booths. Um, the booth was called Garlic Kissed, and it was a creamy, like, garlic mac and cheese. And this had to have been, hands down, the best macaroni and cheese I've ever had. <laughs> it was, it was so good. It was, it was this creamy macaroni and cheese, and the, the sauce, like, the cheese sauce that the macaroni was in was, um, you could taste a lot of garlic in the in the cheese sauce. So if you're not a garlic person, you probably wouldn't like this. I happen to like garlic, so I thought it was really good. And then on top of the macaroni and cheese, they kind of had it garnished with um, like a garlic bread crumble. Um, and it was really toasted, so it was nice and crunchy, the crumble was. And it added a really nice um, like contrast and texture to, to the dish, and it was it was really good that was probably the highlight of food and wine festival in my opinion <laughs> um i also tried a churro because disneyland's been on this thing with different churro offerings like they've got all kinds of different churros now it's not just it's not just plain cinnamon churros right. anymore right just give me the plain cinnamon one yeah, I mean, you go to any, pretty much any churro stand now, they're going to have some sort of specialty churro along with the regular one. And it seems like every stand has a different specialty one to offer. I didn't really see any, like, repeats anywhere. So they've got a lot of different offerings for churros. Um, but over near the entrance to the the Redwood Creek Challenge Trail area, there was a churro cart along there and they had a specialty churro and it was a maple bacon churro. And Oh wait, I might, I might like that one. Yeah. Um, I put a picture on my Snapchat, but I guess you wouldn't have seen that. I don't even know if you have Snapchat. No. Um, no. so, but oh, wait, wait, I just, I just, I just downloaded it yesterday to, to uh, talk oh, to Kaylee. Okay. So <laughs> off that, to, uh, that's off how, to look at it. <laughs> that's how you're communicating with your daughter now through Snapchat. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. She she's like, download it, Dad. It's fun. I was like, all right, I'll give it a try. I was like, it was kind of boring, but <laughs> oh well. <laughs> so, anyways, I I posted a picture of it on there. I'll have to send it to you. But they so they got a regular churro, cinnamon churro, and then they drizzled like maple glaze on it, like you would like a donut, and then they had bacon bits that they put then on top of the maple maple glaze, so it stuck to it. And holy cow, that, that was amazing. <laughs> that was, that was really good. I, I, I enjoyed myself with the food this trip for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was super tasty and the bacon bits on it were, were really good quality. You, you never know with bacon bits sometimes, sometimes bacon bits are really, really cheap. Sometimes you can have a better quality bacon bit. These were of better quality. So that was nice. Um, 
Um, let's see. The second day we went over to Disneyland and over there in the, the opera house where they would normally show great moments with Mr. Lincoln, they were showing the preview to Dumbo and I went over and checked that out. So in kind of like the opera house, I don't know if you would call it like the, the foyer or the lobby or whatever, they kind of have like this little corner um, before you go into the room that has like the Capitol building or whatever in it. Um, they had like props from the movie costumes and stuff set up in there and they had um, a statue of Dumbo in there as well to look at. And then in the great moments with Mr. Lincoln theater, they had the preview for Dumbo. And so I went in and I checked that out and I watched the, the extended preview um, of Dumbo where they, they showed you a few minutes of a particular scene. Um, and then they showed kind of like a different type of montage of a trailer of, of different scenes and different dialogue than um, trailers that I've seen on the internet so far. So this was like a completely different cut of a trailer plus um, an extended look at one of the scenes. And so it was really interesting. I th actually think the movie, after seeing this extended um, preview, I think the movie looks like it'll be good. I'm excited to see it. I'm more excited than I was before seeing this preview. I would have seen it regardless. Um, but now I feel like I'm, I, I have a stronger belief that I will enjoy this movie. Oh, so you weren't, you weren't really sold on it before? Like, I just, I just wasn't sure about it. Yeah. Like I was going to go see it. Um, and I knew that I would most likely like it. Um, but I just wasn't 100% sold on kind of the the way they were telling the story. Um, okay. But from what I've seen, it looks like it'll be good. So I, I'm hopeful that it will actually end up being good. Um, but it looks like it will be. And then that night while we were in Disneyland, they we were able to watch their new firework show, which can either firework and like projection show, which can be done with or without fireworks, depending on weather. Um, and I think during their slow seasons, um, during the week, they don't always do fireworks, but they can do the projection show without the fireworks so that you still have some sort of nighttime entertainment over in Disneyland. And it's called Mickey's mix magic. And they, they have the projections all up and down main street as well as uh, the scrim that's covering the castle right now because the castle is under refurbishment. Um, and then they're also doing projections over on Small World um, in the back of the park for people that want to view over there. Um, when the announcement first came out for Mickey's Mix Magic, I wasn't I wasn't 100% sold on on this either. Um, partially because they were using they're they're using the new mickey a lot the new animated like cartoon style of mickey that they use in like the yeah. new shorts and stuff yeah and, not a huge fan of that one. yeah i'm not a big fan of that mickey either and this is very much kind of around centered around that particular mickey but the the musical arrangements and the projections were 
were really, really, really good. Um, I liked this show a lot better than I thought I would. Um, it was it's called Mickey's Mix Magic, and they they push everyone out into Main Street, and they they want you to like dance, and they want you to move around, and it's basically like Disney's version of like a rave. They just want you all out there jumping around and you know like banging your head to the music and stuff and so is there was, is there any video of you doing that or what not of me no i was oh, okay. <laughs> filming but i was behind the camera so okay camera moves a little bit that's me jumping around and stuff but <laughs> <laughs> but the way that they've because you know they're they take classic disney songs that we know frozen was in there um un, un poco loco from coco was in there i think it was un poco loco it was some song from Coco, um, they had, um, I don't, they had some other ones, but they were different arrangements. They, they were basically like remixes. And so like, if you were actually like, if a DJ was actually up on stage and he was mixing these records around and stuff. And so adding different, uh, DJ elements to them. Um, and so they were, they were really fun. They were presented in a different way which you don't normally see um especially in a disney park um and so i thought that was really cool and then the projections were were really nice that's the first time i've seen the projections on on main street before i know some of the other fireworks shows have had projections along with them um but i've usually been over by small world watching it over on the small world facade and so this is the first time that I've actually been on Main Street to to see the projections, and I thought they looked really really nice. Um, on our third day, we went into Downtown Disney, the shopping and dining district attached to the Disneyland Resort, and we checked out uh, Splitsville Lanes, the uh kind of higher class bowling alley that they have in downtown Disney. And that was kind of a neat experience too. It, it's not kind of, it's not set up like your normal bowling alley. Have you been in there? I have not. No, we, when we went last year, we didn't get a chance to go in. So the way they've got it set up is like, you can either, they have a restaurant, they serve food and stuff, and you can either go and just sit in their indoor outdoor dining area and just order food for like lunch or dinner or whatever. Or you can get a lane and bowl and like along with your lane comes with like a booth and an, you know, a lot like an extended booth, some bar stools and like a long table where you and your party can order from the same menu and get food and drink while you're there bowling. And the way they've got it set up was like where you can get like an hour or two hours or like three hours a bowling you kind of like pay by the hour and however many games you can get in within the amount of time that you've paid for then and so it's basically kind of like an all you can bowl within however many hours you decide to purchase <laughs> but um um and so so we went in, we, we got a lane, we just, we just purchased an hour. Um, and they're like, okay, you're going to be on, on lane seven. And then we, and there were bowling alleys, like, you know, lanes right behind 
the like the front desk where you pay and get your shoes and all that but it was only like lanes like one two and three there might have been four down there on the very bottom but then it's just like and where where are the other lanes at and then i see i see stairs going going upstairs and then we kind of go around this corner and we kind of go around another corner and i see lanes five and six and then i see lanes seven eight and nine and then so they have them all kind of separated into like four lanes here three lanes here two lanes there kind of all around these different corners and so they're all kind of separated which was really interesting to me i've never seen a bowling alley like that usually you go into a bowling alley and you've just got all 20 of your lanes or however many lanes just boom 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 all right next to each other um but this one they kind of secluded they had like just groups of lanes kind of strategically placed throughout the building um, which made it feel a little more intimate. Um, I'm a very self-conscious bowler. <laughs> I don't I don't like people watching me bowl, probably because I'm not very good at it. Um, and so this, I think, would be very comforting for people that are also self-conscious bowlers um, because there's not a lot of people around you to to be able to kind of watch you if you're if you're concerned about that. You kind of have like you have a couple lanes next to you but you don't have you're not just standing in the middle of a bowling alley with 20 30 lanes you know you've got like three lanes in one area and the next group of lanes is around the corner and so it, it's very more private um which i thought was really nice and then the lanes and everything the just the the interior design it was just it was a very modern look it was very uh, sleek. It was. It was. It was really appealing. It was really a nice atmosphere. And so I think it would be fun to, to go again. It was a very enjoyable experience. Yeah, I don't know why we didn't go when we were there. It just never. I guess we had too much stuff to do already. So yeah, and see, and that was one of the reasons why we decided to go for four days because we wanted the time to just kind of relax kind of do the things we wanted to do not worrying about rushing around to get on ride after ride because you know we're only here for a couple of days and so we really allowed ourselves to kind of just go with the flow and do what we wanted and that was really nice also on our third day um in disney california adventure we went to the lamplight lounge and the lamplight lounge is the the lounge the bar and restaurant whatever you want to call it that took over ariel's grotto at the entrance of the pier and so we we went there and we tried out lamplight lounge lamplight lounge and it it's kind of a tongue twister <laughs> um and it was really really nice the the theming in there is really nice it's 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 really elegant it's it's kind of upscale um, but it's all, it's all Pixar themed, you know, um, cause it's going kind of off of the, the Luxo ball and then the, uh, the, the Luxo lamp. That's kind of like their theme. Those are kind of the icons for Pixar. Um, and they have kind of poster art and, um, concept art and concept, um, statues or clay moldings or whatever of different Pixar movies or shorts um, kind of spread throughout the the bar or the lounge or, you know, whatever. 
Um, and it was just, it was very nice, very appealing. We sat outside, um, kind of on the dock over by Incredicoaster. Um, because the weather down there was absolutely beautiful. Um, especially on that day we got, we did get rain on Monday on our second day there and just like a sprinkle on Sunday, but we did get rain on Monday. But by the time Tuesday rolled around when we were at Lamplight Lounge, it was just, it was sunny. It was clear skies. And, you know, it was in the mid sixties. It was, it was beautiful. So we were sitting outside and we ordered some food. We tried the, like the lobster nachos, which I know was a staple at the Cove bar, which was kind of attached to Ariel's grotto before they turned all of it into lamplight lounge. And so they kept around the lobster nachos. We tried those. Those were those were very good. I can see why people talk so highly about them. I thought they were very good. Uh, we also tried like a, what they called a carne asada roll. So it was like a sushi roll, but it had, um, so, you know, it was wrapped in seaweed and the rice, and, but inside it had like a carne asada steak. And I think it had some sort of like, spicy cream sauce some sort of like chipotle sauce um and they had um like little pieces of avocado in there and maybe some peppers and kind of all rolled into this sushi roll and that was that was pretty tasty as well and we also then got some potato skins which were good and we tried some some of the drinks off the menu as well um, and they have, they have all kinds of different drinks, both alcoholic and non-alcoholic, uh, wines, craft beers, and then cocktails as well. And their menu is really, really cool. I'll have to post some pictures on our, our Facebook at our Talking Disney Facebook page, because the menu was really cool. They have like all of the the drinks. Um, both alcoholic and non-alcoholic, they they have the name of them, they have the description, but then like everything in the menu is like hand drawn, so they've hand drawn like the glass that that your drink comes in and and what it looks like, and you know there's some sort of drawing that relates back to a Pixar movie, kind of at the top or the bottom or kind of incorporated into the page, and the menu was really 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 cool it was really fun to look at and go through all the different pages and see all the different artwork in it um it was just it felt very pixar it was just all the all the little drawings just kind of all over the place um and then also on our third day in california adventure we did head over to the the hollywood backlot to try to see if we could get uh, a picture with Captain Marvel because while we were there um, on our trip, Captain Marvel made her debut in in the park. Uh, but every time we went over there, we we kept missing her, and um, we did catch her though as she was as she was walking um, backstage after doing photos for a little while, and uh, she waved at me. So that's pretty cool. Captain Marvel knows who I am. So. <laughs> <laughs> um 
so we did that and then also on on our last day on Wednesday um we went to the Blue Bayou uh, which is the restaurant um inside of or attached however you want to look at it to Pirates of the Caribbean um which is a staple now for me every time that I go to the park I've I've got to go to the Blue Bayou and it was incredible as always well, that sounds like that could be an interesting topic for another episode. Things we always do when we go to Disneyland. Yeah, that would that would be an interesting topic. We'll have to keep that one in mind. All right, sounds like you had a good time. I know while you were there, I was driving back to Cheyenne, so I didn't have as good a time as you did. But <laughs> uh, maybe soon I'll get to go back. Yeah, hopefully. Because yeah, we'll we, we we did have a very good time. It was nice to get away from. From everything from work and, you know, all that for a little while. The drive drive back all the way back up to northern Utah wasn't the best on Thursday just because it was so long. I mean, everything the, everything was fine. Nothing happened, but it just it was so long. Um, right. Back home now, and now we can, we can continue recording our podcast as scheduled. <laughs> all right. Well, since we haven't recorded in two weeks, there's been some... Some news out there. If you want to go ahead and uh, you could go ahead and start, Cody, with yours. Okay, so just a couple days ago, kind of hit the internet like a like a storm. Um, James Gunn, which was the or who was the director of Guardians of the Galaxy and Guardians of the Galaxy Two Volume Two. Uh, a few months back, two three months back, I don't remember exactly when it was. I think it was about a about a year ago. It wasn't. Was it that long ago? I don't. I don't know. I'd have to look it up. But I I could have swore it was it was a while ago. Uh, I don't think it was that long. Ago. Go ahead. You talk, you talk on, and I'll uh, I'll see if I can find it. Okay. So anyway, however long ago it was, James Gunn was fired. As the director of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, he was he was in line to do all three movies within the Guardians of the Galaxy trilogy, and he was fired because of somebody unearthed something that he had said on his Twitter account from like literally ten years ago, and um, it was somewhat um, some people considered in, insensitive, and so. Disney let him go um, for the comment he made on his Twitter from 10 years ago. And on the 15th of March, we were notified that he has now been rehired by, by Marvel and by Disney to continue to do Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Now, as far as I know, nothing has really been done with Guardians of the Galaxy 3 Yet, I don't believe they started production on it. Um, all I think has been done is he's basically, he's written the script. And he's written the script for Volume 1 and Volume 2. Um, so he's the, the writer and the director of Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay, trilogy. so not... And so Go he's ahead. now... I was just going to say he's now back on track to do... Right, so not exactly a year ago, but it was July 20th of 2018. So eight months ago, last summer. It doesn't seem like that long. But. No, it doesn't. I thought it was right. like three months ago. Oh, okay. Anyway, so 
So he was he was fired. Um, he's now been rehired. Uh, the interesting thing about all of it, though, is while in this in between, um, from being fired to being rehired, he was hired or accepted the offer to to work for the for DC and write and direct a suicide squad movie for DC which there's already been a DC or a DC suicide squad movie um I've heard that this James Gunn version is not going to be a sequel to what we've already seen but rather a reboot so we're completely rebooting suicide squad um from the DC franchise so is he still on that project or so it was it's going to be interesting because Disney Marvel Disney has agreed to let James Gunn come back and direct Guardians of the Galaxy 3 but also they have also agreed to let him completely uh work on and finish Suicide Squad for okay. DC before they start Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. So it's just, it's very interesting cuz you've got this director which has had which has brought in a lot of money for Marvel cuz Guardians of the Galaxy um has been a good um uh character line for them a good line of movies for for Marvel and now now the guy that's made them so much money with Guardians of the Galaxy is going to go over and make what I would assume be a similar movie for for DC which is the almost the enemy of Marvel for for comics and for movies and they're like the other they're the other guy right and so because suicide squad is is kind of a similar premise um it's kind of just these these group of misfits that that kind of get banded together and they they go and do missions together and so guardians of the galaxy and Suicide Squad, you could say, are similar in that aspect. So it's just interesting that you're you're gonna have the same guy writing and directing both of these for two different rival uh, superhero companies. And so I'm just I'm interested to see down the road how how those movies turn out and what the similar what the similarities are gonna be between them. So since we didn't record last week, we didn't get to talk about a uh, Disney shareholder meeting that they held on March 7th. And there was a few interesting things that came out of that meeting that I wanted to highlight uh, in reference, firstly, in reference to uh, Galaxy's Edge. Uh, they, they released some dates and they're a little earlier than people were guessing. Uh, I know a lot of people had it in June. Um, I don't think I took a guess or even attempted to guess, but uh, Galaxy's Edge in Disneyland Park will open on May 31st, and uh, in Disney's Walt Disney World's Hollywood Studios is going to open on August 29th of this of this year. So that one I didn't think was going to open till later in the fall, uh, but they but they got it up open earlier. So obviously they must be ahead of schedule for the most part. Um, there is uh, and it little, I don't know if you want to call it uh, a half opening or uh, whatever you want to call it, but on uh, it's going to be open up in two phases. Um, the first ride that will be open, uh, Millennium Falcon Smugglers Run, will be available uh, or will be open 
on those first dates, but Star Wars Rise of the Resistance will not open at that time. Um, and they don't have a date when they're going to open. It just says a date uh, later to be de- de- determined. So when you go, you'll, you'll get to do all the, uh, you know, get all the food and all the merchandise and stuff and ride one of the rides. Um, but the other ride will not be open. And along with that, for the first three weeks uh, at Disneyland, uh, you're going to have to make reservations to get into the land. And it'll be at no extra cost. Uh, if you're staying at one of the three Disneyland Resort hotels, um, a, um, I don't know if you want to call it a ticket, uh, an admission, uh, yeah, you're, you're, you'll be given a day that you can go into the park during your during your stay at the hotels. And then for the rest of the people uh, at a later date, Disney's going to throw, throw something out there online that will allow you to go online and make a reservation to get into galaxy's edge for whatever day you choose. Uh, so it's, I see them trying to, trying to control the, uh, the, the traffic a little, at least for the first three weeks. And, um, yeah, I don't know when the, uh, rise of the resistance ride is going to open. I don't know if it's going to be after that three weeks or later in the summer. Um, as far as Disney World, they don't have any plans to do any of the reservations that I know of yet. Uh, and as far as I know, both rides are going to be open when that one does does open up. Uh, they introduce some of the ride requirements, the height requirements. Um, Smugglers Run, you'll be 30, you'll have to be thirty eight inches tall, and the Rise of the Resistance, you'll have to be forty. Uh, which doesn't seem too tall, so I think most people will get to will get to go on it. I'm trying to think how tall my daughter is. She's like 48, so and she's she'll be eight this week. So a lot of the younger kids will get to enjoy some of the rides. Um, see what else did he talk about? Um, I think that was it on on the Galaxy's Edge in both the parks. Did you hear anything else? Um, that you no, remembered, you covered the gist of it. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So just a quick highlight, May 31st and then August 29th, uh, only one of the rides will be open and you'll have to make a reservation for that first three weeks if you're going to be in Disneyland. So, uh, and then stay tuned, uh, for them to release the, the actual, Thing on their website of when you can make the reservations you know i don't know what are we looking at it's middle of march so we're still what two and a half months yeah. out from opening so so hopefully some news coming soon on that and then the other thing i wanted to highlight which i thought was kind of cool um we all know disney releases their movies and then they pull them they pull them out of circulation or they stop selling them and they throw them into the disney vault uh so that uh you can't buy them for a while uh, with this new Disney plus service coming out. I think that the Disney vault, the way we know it is going to disappear. Uh, he said, Bob, it was Bob, Bob Iger at one point said that uh, at some point in the future, Disney plus will house Disney's entire library of past and present films, uh, which to me says that the Disney vault is going away. Um, I don't, uh, I'll have to start that over because I don't like the way I said that. Uh, all right. Yep. You still there? 
All right, let me start that over. So another interesting thing that I saw come out of the uh, shareholders meeting was Bob Iger announced that at some point in the future, uh, Disney Plus will house Disney's entire library of past and present films. And if you uh, if you're a Disney film watcher collector, you know uh, you know about the Disney Vault, where some some of the titles they'll be released for a while and then they'll go back into the vault where you won't have a chance to uh, purchase them for a you know, set amount of time. Uh, so this news kind of sounds to me like the Disney vault is going away at, at some point, or it's going away as, as we know it. Um, I don't know if they'll still have it for, so that, you know, with the, with the purchasing of Blu-rays and DVDs, um, and I don't know if those will sell as well. If you can just pop on a Disney Plus and watch a movie. Now I like looking at my my uh, Blu-ray DVD case here and seeing all the Disney movies. So I I would buy them still. Uh, I know you don't. I don't think you buy as many as I do. But no, I I try to and I want to, but I haven't. Um, there's a lot that I don't own. And then when when Disney Plus comes out and you know it's it's hard to say right now how many titles they're going to have on at launch um but i imagine they're going to have enough to keep people busy um right yeah i don't think they'll release them all all at the you know hey it's it's whatever date we're releasing it it disney plus is coming out today here's every title we've ever made i you know i think they'll do it over yeah over time i think so too um but, you know, as so it just yeah, it depends on, you know, if I'm really wanting to buy one and I see it that it's at the store that it's for available or versus if it's available on Disney Plus. And I, I, it'd be interesting to see because he says that, you know, eventually over time they will all be available on Disney Plus. But then it's like, will they will they kind of go in and out like how Netflix will bring in movies and they'll leave them on there for a couple of months and then they'll take them away and bring new ones in. It, it'll be right. interesting to see if they do that, if they'll cycle movies in and out or once they're on there, they're on there to stay and you're paying just basically stay. just to have access to like Disney's digital library, you know? Right. Right. Which I would, I would pay right. for <laughs> yeah, not necessarily just for their movies. I mean, you know, all the, all the old shows and, um, all the stuff with Walt and, you know, if, you know, all the, all the shorts back in the day, uh, all the Mickey shorts, all the Oswald shorts, the Alice shorts, you know, I think that that'd be, that'd be something, something cool to be able to sit down on the couch and watch, you know, when you want to. Yeah. I, that would be cool in, cause I, I really like those early shorts. Um, especially the ones that Walt had a hand in. Um, cause those are really hard to come by nowadays. They're not, they're right. not just easily accessible for people. Okay. Well, next we had a new, um, trailer release, probably the most, I, or the longest, I guess, trailer for Avengers Endgame. Uh, what'd you think about that? Um, I thought it was very good. I'm really excited for Avengers Endgame. I like I like the trailers. I I really like the tone of the trailers. If the tone of the trailers says anything for what the tone of the movie is going to be, I'm I'm really going to like this movie. I don't know. I have this thing where I really like 
movies with a dark tone to them. Um, I don't know. It's just weird fascination that I've started to realize recently. Um, but the trailers have just really had this dark kind of somber tone to them. And I love it. Um, and I think that if that reflects of the movie, I think it'll be really good. Uh, the trailer was good. We got to see, we got to see more. We got to hear more dialogue. Right. Did you um, want to check out that dialogue? You want to listen to it? Yeah, let's do that. All right. For those that are listening to us, obviously you won't be able to see it. So what you can do if you want, you can listen to it here or you can pause, head over to YouTube, Marvel Entertainment YouTube channel and check out the trailer and then come back. So here we go. God, seems like a thousand years ago. I fought my way out of that cave, became Iron Man. Realized I loved you. I know I said no more surprises, but I was really hoping to pull off one last one. The world has changed. None of us can go back. All we can do is our best. And sometimes the best that we can do is to start over. I saw all these people die. I keep telling everybody they should move on. Some do. But not us. Even if there's a small chance, we owe this to everyone who's not in this room to try. We will. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. So he likes that one. Yes. So obviously, if you haven't seen the trailer, um, there at the very end of the trailer, Thor is is standing with Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel, and he summons his new uh, weapon, and it flies past her head when he grabs it, and she doesn't she doesn't flinch at all, and so he's he's impressed with that. Yeah, if uh, I know this one shows a lot more uh, than the past ones have, probably or to me raises some questions, which obviously will get answered once I go see the movie. Um, 
but I thought it was a very, very cool trailer. Every, every trailer that, that comes out gets me more and more excited. And then, uh, with the release of Captain Marvel, which we'll be talking about here in a minute, uh, gets me even more excited to go see Avengers Endgame, uh, which comes out April 26th, I believe. Sounds right. April 26th? Uh, 26th or 24th. Yeah. So so if you haven't checked it out, uh, check out that that trailer. I don't know if you had anything else to say about it. Um, no. Okay. All right. Well, check it out. Uh, and then, lastly, probably it'll be our—I guess you call our main topic of the of the night or day, whenever you're listening to this. Um, since we recorded last, Captain Marvel was released in the theaters. Uh, it had a very successful opening weekend. Uh, I pulled in, according to um, let's see the numbers here on this website. I'm looking at 153 million domestically and an additional. 302 internationally uh, for a worldwide total of 455 in their opening weekend. Um, And then you add in the second week, which um, just occurred. Looks like they pulled in another 69 million uh, domestically. And it is on pace. It looks like it's on pace. Uh, Let's see. It says here, oh, worldwide, it's made over 760 million. And is well on its way to break the one billion dollar barrier sometime within the next week or two. Uh, I know I contributed my 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 money in the second week uh, yesterday. I know you went to see it yesterday also. Yes, I did. Uh, we obviously had some other things going on opening weekend. Um, but what what did you think overall of the movie? Uh, overall, I was actually pleasantly surprised. Um, I was hearing a lot of different things going into it. Um, it just kind of some of the haters out there um, on the internet, um, especially haters towards Brie Larson, the actress that plays Captain Marvel, and how a lot of people were very outspoken with their dislike for her as a as a person, as an um, and so I I was reading into a lot of that and listening to a lot of other different opinions, and I think it kind of tainted my. Um, I I don't know how to say it. my opinion. Um, yeah, yeah, I guess yeah. Just my my opinion, kind of going into the movie, what I was expecting. Um, and I guess I was I was listening and and reading all this stuff about about people's opinions about Brie Larson and the reasons that they don't like her, and I was I was taking that and then putting it on Captain Marvel. Um, because she plays Captain Marvel rather than just taking everything everybody was saying with a grain of salt or just not listening to it altogether. Um, and, you know, I, I didn't separate the the actress and then her ability to act, I guess. Um, so with that being said, I was pleasantly surprised with the movie. I, I really, really enjoyed it um, more than I thought I was going to. I knew I was going to like it um, because I haven't really been super let down with marvel um there's a couple ones obviously that i like less than than others but especially lately i think they've just they've really been hitting their movies out of the park and and the box office numbers i think show that and um i really liked this movie i thought i thought brie larson did a very good job um 
portraying Carol Danvers in in Captain Marvel. I didn't I didn't really know uh, Brie Larson. I haven't really seen anything else that she's done before this, so I didn't I wasn't knowing what to expect um, as far as what kind of performance um, she can give. And so I was I was pleased with her performance. Um, I liked how um, not only that this was kind of a origin story, if you will, to Captain Marvel, but we also kind of got an origin story for Nick Fury right. as well. Yeah, yeah. I think I was kind of in the same boat as you. Um, you know, I read all the read or heard all the things that were, that was said about the movie. I tried to go into it um, kind of like you did uh, tried to separate the two. And like you, I was, I was pleasantly surprised uh, not seeing all the Marvel movies. I really can't give it a, you know, a ranking on where, where I think it stands among them all. Um, I'll do that once I, uh, once I see them all, which I do have a plan. Hopefully by this summer, I will have seen, uh, I'm going to go back and watch them in order and, uh, uh, and hope, and then hopefully I'll have a better appreciation for the Marvel movies. But yeah, I thought the action was good. The, there was a little more, um, like, I guess comedy in, in some parts, as far as some of her, some of the stuff that, that she says, which I think a lot of Marvel movies have that, uh, um, a lot of, a lot of what I was, when I was expecting, yeah just the scenes that I saw it, it always looked like she didn't have a lot of expression to me. Like, I, I, I don't know any other way to explain it, but I was pleasantly su- su- surprised when I, when I sat through it, I had some questions going into it that I hope were, would be answered as far as some things. Uh, and they were, um, and, um, but overall great film. It got me ready. Uh, it got me excited for, for Avengers. So, all right, for those that haven't seen Captain Marvel yet and you don't want anything spoiled because in the next couple of minutes we may we may talk about a few spoilers, uh, please shut off your uh, or shut the podcast off, uh, pause it or t- turn it off. And then in the show notes, I will tell you uh, what time frame the uh, spoilers are in so that you can uh, fast forward it to that time if you don't want to hear the spoilers. So once again, a warning, if you don't want to hear spoilers, shut us off now. That's the only time I ever tell you to shut us off. Cause I don't want you to shut us off, but so the spoilers will begin now. Um, so going into Captain the Marvel dies. <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> no, that, that, uh, that would, that's just in case yeah. <laughs> that would suck. Just kidding. That would say, yeah, that did not happen. Uh, so that was good though. Uh, yeah. Don't go see Avengers. <laughs> Captain Marvel dies. Uh, no, uh, some of the things, um, and you know, I, they might not be big, big, big spoilers, but my question, uh, when I, you know, Captain Marvel came out and knowing I've seen all the Avenger movies. So, uh, knowing she was going to be a part of that, I always wonder where she was, you know, during the first three. Um, and that, that kind of was going into it. That was like, hopefully they, they answered that for me. And they, and they did. There's one scene where Nick, Nick Fury was talking and, uh, when he was, uh, kind of toward the end. Uh, when he was coming up the plan with uh you see on his screen, he's coming up with the plan for the Avengers and it wasn't called the Avengers at first. Uh, it was called, I want to say it said like the protection program or something. I think it was the protector or the protect. I think it was the protector initiative. <laughs> okay. That, that sounds right. Uh, it has something to do with pr- pr- protector. And, um, 
uh, we, we, we find out where she's been. Cause he, there's a, there's a line where he says that she's, she's on the other side of the universe. So if they need to, uh, to, uh, and I'm paraphrasing here cause I don't remember the exact quote, but basically they need to come up with some more, they need to find some more, more people to fight. Uh, and then he happens to look at a picture of her getting in her, her, her airplane and her uh, call sign was Avenger. Um, so he, you see him typing on the computer backspace and getting rid of that per protector or per protection thing. And then, it, then, then we all know it becomes the Avengers. So, um, that was, you know, that was kind of the main question I had going, going into it. The, like you said, we get the backstory on Nick Fury, um, and uh, kind of, you know, why, why, why he has that patch, uh, which I don't know. It, it, to me, that was kind of lame, <laughs> but, uh, he got scratched in the eye by, uh, what, what are, what are the things called? Uh, uh, the cat, a flurkin. um, a flurkin. Yeah. A flurkin. It's scratching. And, you know, they're sitting at the table eating and he's like, oh, it'll be all right. And the other guy's like, no, it's not. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> So obviously he loses, and in that in that last scene I was talking about with the computer, uh, what's that? What's that guy's name? I'm I'm horrible with names. Uh, um, Agent Coulson. Yeah, he brings in that package, and it's a bunch of fake eyes. So, um, so that that that's something I thought I thought the cat was interesting. Uh, I know we were talking earlier. Uh, I kind of hope the cat shows up in the Avengers movie. Yeah, I, you know who knows if he will or not. Yeah, um, um, I know a lot of people liked goose the cat yeah goose the cat yeah goose um, the cat um and I, I personally don't think we will see goose again i mean i could be wrong who knows what they'll do but i don't think it'll happen i think i think if we were to have seen goose we would have already seen goose just because captain marvel the movie was set in the 90s right um and in that post credit scene in 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 a in the post post credit scene, um, Goose the Flurkin, um, upchucks the Tesseract onto Nick Fury's right. desk. Um, cause right, because early, er, earlier in the movie, when, when they were figuring out what to do with it, uh, he formed into his other, I don't know octopus creature thing mouth came out and he he swallowed it. So right. And so I he, didn't think Nick wanted to carry it. So, yeah. And so, and but he does it in Nick's office. And so, for at the time there, Nick was kind of holding on to the to Goose because he knew Goose had the Tesseract. Right. Um. I don't. So he either keeps the cat, or the cat then goes on its way after upchucking the the Tesseract. Um. But either way, I think if if we were to see Goose again, it would have already happened because we would have seen it in some other Avengers movie that Nick Fury was in, um, or we would have seen it somewhere, you know, in Shield. Right. I haven't seen um, the TV show Agents of Shield, so I don't know if there's a cat that it could be Goose or not in there at all. I have no idea. I haven't heard of anything going around like that. Anyone? making connections with another cat in the MCU. So I right. don't think there is another cat. And just because it was set in the nineties and these films that are coming out are pretty much supposed to kind of be present day. I don't think now all of a sudden it's like, Oh, Hey, here's, here's goose, you know, 30 years later. 
Right. Yeah. How old is that? How old is that flurkin or cat? Yeah. Who knows? I don't. I don't know the the (laughs) the age age span on a on a flurkin. Right. Right. Uh, A couple interesting things I read. uh, Yeah, I didn't read the comics, but I guess in the comics the cat's name is Chewy, and it's named after Chewbacca. Um, And the the person who posted that also said in this film it's named Goose. And they said it was named after Goose from Top Gun, which yes, would kind uh-huh. of tie in the you know the fighter pilot the, kind of thing, kind of tie in the the Air Force connection. Right, right. Well, Top Gun was Navy though. Oh well, yeah. planes. I the guess. planes. There you go. And I guess uh, Brie Larson's allergic to cats, so all of her scenes were filmed with a puppet because <laughs> she can't be around cats. So I don't know if that's true. I did read it from the internet. You know, everything on the internet is true. So. Everything on the internet is true. is true. Uh, another another interesting thing I wanted to bring up would be uh, now we saw it in the trailer, um, but I'm pretty sure the trailer was for Avengers. That was released after Captain Marvel came out, right? Because that was released this week sometime. Yes, so it okay. was released after Captain Marvel. So up until you know, starting with Captain Marvel, we had we hadn't seen anything with her in Avengers. But if you watch the post credit scenes, which Make sure you stay to the to the very end. Don't leave. We had some people getting up in the theater uh, right after the, you know right after the credits start start rolling, and I'm looking around like, "What are you guys doing? Sit down." You know, yeah. there's there's going to be more. It amazes me that people still right walk out of a a Marvel movie like as soon as like the movie ends. Right. Um. And now they've even they they've kind of started doing more than one post credit scene right. now. Right. Before, like, you'd have to wait all the way wait. to the end of the credits. But now you have, like, the graphic credits. Right. And they give you a scene after that. And then they, they then they scroll the black and white credits. And there's a scene after that. Right. Um, right. But pretty much everyone in our theater left after the first. That's first crazy. Scene. That's crazy. See, now even, just like, even non-Marvel movies all stay to the end, you know. Most of the time I'm disappointed because there's nothing there, but I, yeah, just, I don't want to, I don't want to miss anything. I don't want to get home and be like, Hey, did you see that credit at the end? I'm like, what are you talking about? I didn't see it. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. But this one would have had you not seen, you know, have you not seen the trailer for Avengers yet? You would have saw your, you know, the, the, uh, at the end of uh, infinity war when Nick Fury summons Captain Marvel with that pager. Um, yes. and now this one, you see the team who was it? um, was there was it thor captain america or captain america um what's her name um black widow black widow uh see i suck with names so yeah so it was it was captain america black widow um uh incredible hulk was war machine who was incredible hulk there not he was there but bruce banner yeah bruce bruce right so go Um, ahead talk about the scene and war machine okay um, which is the other guy that's in one of the Iron Man suits. But right. It's more, I don't want to say more souped up because it's probably been a while since it has been upgraded, but right. his was like the, the military grade version, if you will. Cause he, cause he was in the, was he Navy or was he Air Force? Uh, I don't remember. I can't remember. Yeah. He was one of the two. Yeah. Yeah, so the scene shows he had the, to do with planes too. So right, yeah, the scene shows the uh, the the pager hooked up to some uh, some type of power source. It keeps dying. Uh, they keep sending the signal, and they're wondering you know, should they send it one more time. And then they turn around, and 
there's there's Captain Marvel standing there. So uh, did she say yeah, anything? And, and she asks, she asked, where where's Fury? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, obviously, because she she gave the gave the souped up pager to Nick Fury, which still using a pager in 2018. I don't know. So I guess well, it, when, I guess when, if you want to call Captain Marvel, you got to hold on to it. Yeah, um, he wasn't going to use it to be like, here's the souped up iPhone, right? <laughs> so. Um, so he he held on to it, but when she gave it to him, um, you know, she told him it's only for emergencies, right? Um, which I think kind of helps answer your question is where she where been, she did, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah um, obviously, because, and especially because like Nick Fury, basically, as as we saw in that one post credit scene, proposed and created the Avengers Initiative. Right. And if the first thing that happens that he's actually using the Avengers for, he has to call in Captain Marvel, his initiative has failed. Right, right. So he he's really trying to hold on to believing in what he's tried to create with, with the Avengers and believing that this team that he's constructed can save the world. Um, and with the events of Infinity War and seeing people starting to just dust away in front of him. I, I guess when Thanos starts killing half the population, I guess that's, that's the emergency he was waiting for. Yeah. So I think, I think that kind of helps explain where she's been. He's just, she's been out there, but he just hasn't called for her. Um, a, because she said just for emergencies and B, you know, in at least in the beginning, he was trying to approve to whoever was above him, they kind of made some appearances in other Avengers movies, but he was trying to prove that the Avengers can save the world. Right. Um, and then, you know, she also went off with the, with the scrolls to help them find a place to live. Right. Cause they were, they were, so that was kind of like her mission. That was her reason for leaving earth. Right. Um, and so who knows if she's still doing that, if she did that and then she just decided to get a vacation house <laughs> on this new scroll planet. I mean, we, that we don't right. know, but I mean, it, it all just comes down to Nick Fury just has not called her in yet. Right. Yeah. And that kind of with the, since, since, since we were tar- talking about spoilers, you know, the whole, with me not knowing the, you know, the comic book versions and the scrolls and the, what are the other guys called? The Cree. The Korean. Yeah, you know, you start out the movie. You th- you think one one side is the bad side and one side is the good side, and then it turns out that that it's, wasn't the case. The yeah, yeah. So yeah. I I saw it coming. Oh, I, yeah, I I didn't. <laughs> so maybe maybe I need to invest in some comic books or something. I don't know, but overall, I've, seen, I've I've never read the comics either. Oh, okay. But... Yeah, I I didn't see it coming. So overall, um, I thought yeah, I was I was never a comic book kid, but right. I I've gotten to a point now where I'm, I've really invested into these, um, YouTube like theorists. Oh, okay. Um, that, that really kind of dive deep in, into the lore and the comic book history for right. me. And, um, you know, and they, they theorize based on what they know from comics and then what we get from trailers and stuff. And some of the ones that I, that I watch regularly said that, um, he, he believed, you know, before Captain Marvel came out that they're really emphasizing that Kree are the good guys and scroll are the bad guys. Cause there'd be shapeshifters and you can't trust, you know, you can't trust anybody. And, and, and he kind of 
predicted or, or guessed that it would actually end up being the other way around and uh, that okay that Cree were the ones that were brainwashing her and so and so and I kind of knew what I was getting into going into the movie. Right. Um but Yeah. I I, I, I do like that they kind of switched it around and I liked how I liked how they answered because one of the questions I had going into the movie uh, from seeing the trailers is that scene where she's on on the train and she's beating up the old lady. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like from the trailers, it's like, OK, well, obviously that's a scroll. Right. But how does she know it's a scroll? Right. Well, she has some right some power, I guess. Right. Well, she she ran into or I don't think she actually ran into the, the, the scroll that changed into the lady ran into that lady as she was like getting off the train. Oh, okay. And so once they see someone, they can transform into them. Right. They can shape shift into them. And Carol was cat. Marvel was coming up behind the scroll, chasing them down. And she ends up passing that old lady and remember seeing her off the train. And then when she sees that lady again on the train, oh, okay. she knows it's the, it's the scroll. Okay. But when they did the switch with agent Coulson, um, when the scroll is disguised as when he's taken oh, over yeah. the, the physical appearance of agent Coulson in Nick Fury's yeah, car, he, he, he comes out of blockbuster. Hey, Nick Fury, where are you at? You know? <laughs> yeah. And see, we, we don't see that switch. Right. And so that, I didn't see that one coming. Right. Um, and so that, that was fun. Um, but I, I think they did a really good job with, you know, showing that, you know, you, it, the, there was a very overarching theme for this movie about trust um, whether or not you know you can trust people and and who to trust and and, and things like that, right? Yeah. Um, and I thought they they portrayed it very well. And then the last spoiler I wanted to bring up it occurred at the very beginning. If you've watched a Marvel movie before, you know the introduction. You'll see scenes from Marvel movies. Um, actually, there's two two more spoilers, I guess. But they had a tribute to Stan Lee at the beginning. Uh, instead of the Marvel scenes, it was scenes of his, uh, basically cameos, uh, which I thought yeah. was very cool. And then they had a little, you know, a little thank you. Uh, but obviously he, he died before the movie was released, but was, was still there for most of the filming. And then the, uh, the usual, uh, Stanley cameo, uh, on the train. Um, he's, he's, uh, what is he practicing, practicing his lines with the script from, uh, mall rats. Uh, yes. so I thought, I thought that was very, very cool. Uh, and she kind of gives him a, uh, it, it looked like to me, like a little smile. I don't know. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I, I, that's what I took yeah. it as is she, she smiled. Yeah. So I thought, I thought that was cool. I was obviously going into a Marvel movie. You're, you're, you're wondering when, when the Stanley cameo is going to be. Um, yeah, but for sure. Um, yeah, soon those will be running out. Uh, I don't know. I'm assuming he was able to do one for Avengers. Um, yeah, as far as I know, he was able to do one for Avengers Endgame, and I'm pretty sure he was able to do one for Spider-Man Far From Okay. Home. Pretty yeah. sure. So uh, that'll be sad once they once they run out of, out of those. So yeah, it will be. But I I feel like they'll continue it in some other way somehow. Yeah, like they'll be in an office building or maybe in a, a cafe or, you know, somewhere. And they'll just be like a framed picture of Stanley on a yeah. wall somewhere. I think they'll like have to do something. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, I, I feel like they'll still want to carry out that tradition right. to honor him. Real quick, though, and I don't think this one's a spoiler, but it's just something that I noticed that I thought was interesting and clever. And I I don't know if anyone else thought this when they were watching the movie, but the, 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 like the opening scene of the movie is like a slow motion of of like the plane crash, right? When she goes down with uh Marvel. Okay, yeah. Um and but we don't really see the crash, we don't see any people. All we no, see is like slow moving like dust particles. Yeah, debris and Yeah, and then yeah. It, what I thought was just very interesting cuz with um with Endgame, right? They they focused like on the dust people dusting away. Oh, okay. And you know, this movie we know is is to help prepare us for Endgame, and so I think I said Endgame with the dust. Um, I, I meant Infinity. Infinity War. War. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then just the first thing we see in this movie is dust. I was like, "Whoa, what, what's happening?" Right. <laughs> I didn't know what I was about to see. Yeah. So you think that was intentional, or I don't know. And see, yeah. and it it could completely not be, and it could just be they decided to just to do it for some reason. I don't know. Like, but to me, it just, it, it instantly called me back to everyone dusting away in infinity war. And then at the end of Ant-Man and the wasp, because the post credit scene of Ant-Man and the wasp was, uh, Hank Pym, um, and his wife and his daughter, whatever their names are, they all dusted away while, while Scott Lang was in the quantum thing. Right. Right. And so, so the last thing we've seen from any Marvel film or post credit scene, I guess more specifically, were people dusting away. That was the last thing we saw with people turning into dust. Yeah. And the first thing we see in this movie is dust. And I don't know, it just, it called me back and I was like, whoa, like, are we, are we getting a, a little more tie in with Infinity War and Endgame with, with people dusting or aftermath of people dusting? But it was just, no, it was just, uh a slowed down scene of, of that crash. Right. But yeah. I didn't, I don't know. I just thought it was very interesting because it was the first thing I thought of. And then there's, there's one more thing I wanted to, wanted to bring up and I'm going to probably put you on the spot. And I think I told you I was going to have you, you, you've seen most of the Marvel movies. Uh, yes, I have. Okay. So with, and I'm referencing an article here that I found uh, with the $153 million opening for Captain Marvel. Uh, for the opening weekend, it's the seventh highest for a Marvel film. Do you think you can name any of the other six? They don't have to be in order, but do you think you can name any of them? Any of them? I mean, I could get, I could for sure at least get some of them. I know Infinity okay. War is on there for sure. Okay. Infinity War was number one, 257 okay. million. So you okay. got number one. So there's there's five more. Okay. Um, and And the funny thing is... I was talking about this um, with my roommate um, earlier this week when we when we were at Disneyland when we were seeing news for for Captain Marvel and box office numbers and and he even told me like oh it's the seventh highest you know grossing right. Marvel movie in its opening weekend behind this movie this movie this movie this. <laughs> so he kind of he kind of rattled them off <laughs> yeah oh he he totally did because I think I asked or he said or or threw out a couple of them, what was right before, what was number one, something like that. And right. I wish I had paid a little, put paid. that one in the memory bank. Well, 
Well, well, you got number one. Yeah. Avengers Infinity War. Yeah, I could have guessed that without kind of already having this conversation. Uh, Okay, so Infinity War, Black Panther. Yeah, you got number three, 202 million. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy? Uh, Nope, number eight. That's number eight. Oh, so this beat out Guardians of the Galaxy, huh? Well, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 is number eight. Uh, This only goes to 10, and Guardians of the Galaxy... Uh, didn't make the top 10. Oh man, I'm that so, far off. Okay. Yeah, volume um, two was number eight. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Um, uh, the first Avengers movie. Yep, the Avengers, 207 million was number two. So you've got so number I've got one, one, two, and three. Two and three. And then seven. And then seven, obviously, Captain, Captain Marvel. Marvel. <laughs> um, Ooh, Iron Man. Which one? Number one. Number one is not in the top ten. Is any of them in the top ten? One of them is. Is any of them or in two the of top them. seven that I'm trying to guess? Two of them are in the top ten. One is in the top seven. One is in the top so seven. You, you got a 50-50 chance now. <laughs> I never do well with 50-50s. <laughs> I'm always on the wrong side of the field. Right, I'll give you that one. Iron Man 3 is $174 million at number six. Okay. So all you're missing is four and five. Gosh. Um, ooh. It's tough. It is. I know without without seeing this list, I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to do it. So you've done better than I could do. Oh, man. Because there's just there's so many of them. And I've only been paying attention to box office numbers right. recently. All right, you want you want four and five? Um, I'm gonna throw out two guesses. Um, and okay, then you can tell me. All right, I'm gonna say one of them could be Captain America: The First Avenger, and then my other guess is going to be um, Avengers: Age of Ultron. All right, number four is Avengers: Age of Ultron. 191 okay. million. Number five is Captain America Civil War. 170 Civil million. War. Oh, I knew it was a Captain America. Yeah. Dang it. So, okay. So Avengers Infinity War, The Avengers, Black Panther, Avengers Age of Ultron, Captain America Civil War, Iron Man 3, and then seven was Captain Marvel. And then to round out the top 10 was uh, Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. Volume 2, Iron Man 2, and Thor Ragnarok. So Really? Interesting. Yeah. Now, now with Avengers Endgame coming out, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and say it's gonna it's gonna be number one. I'd I think say it, one or two. I, I think it's gonna break two two hundred fifty seven million. I mean, I, I'm gonna yeah. Has has a movie ever opened up ever three hundred million for a weekend? Um, just domestically, I have no idea. Because I'm gonna say three hundred million. I know they're getting my ten fifty. So, I mean, I know Avatar was top grossing. Right, and it came yeah. out. I don't know what its numbers are. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a guess two hundred or three hundred million. So, but we'll have to wait another, what, two? No, actually, just a month and a half, a little less than a month and a half. April twenty sixth. Yeah. So, yep. Because I think it was May originally, but I think they bumped it into April sometime back. They did. Yeah. So, can't wait. Can't wait. Maybe maybe I'm becoming a 
a huge Marvel fan. Who knows? Maybe you are. I didn't do Maybe. too bad. I'm proud of myself. No, no, no. You did good. You you did a lot better. You did a lot better than I would have. So, um, so that's that's all I have on Captain Marvel. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. Uh, did you did you have anything else? Um, no. I I agree with you. I think um, if you're a Marvel fan um or if you if you like the recent marvel movies you've seen if you've seen infinity war and you're wondering whether or not to see captain marvel um before seeing endgame when it comes out next month i would i would recommend seeing it just so you kind of know more about captain marvel because she is going to be an influential character she's going to be a key piece in defeating thanos so yeah she's pretty powerful would be a good idea to to know what she's about and where she comes from before seeing Endgame. Yep, definitely. She's powerful. Um, and obviously, uh, she's going to have a big part to play. So, all right. Well, that's all we have for this episode. Um, kind of went longer than I thought it would, but once we get talking, it's good. So uh, if you have any comments or questions about the show, yeah, you can reach us by email at a talking Disney podcast at gmail.com. If you like to play around on social media, you can find us on Twitter at talking Disney and on Facebook at talking Disney podcast. So if you don't have anything else, Cody, that'll be it for the week. Thanks to everyone who's uh, listened to us on this episode and the previous episodes. Uh, we really do appreciate it and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Yeah, folks. And me and my pals hope you had a swell time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mickey? Uh-huh? It's that time. Uh, what time is that, Minnie? Oh, <laughs> Goofy? Huh? Oh. Now, now it's time, time to say goodnight to all our company. See you real soon. Charles Mickey Mouse. K E Y. Why? Because, because we, we like you. M O U S E. Be careful getting home. Bye-bye. <laughs>